0: Hey everybody, on here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a video game character trying to avoid the spikes as best as we can. Today on the show, we're talking about the four agreements, four major agreements based on the book by Don Miguel Ruiz. That is probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. It is only like four hours long of a read. It's a really short book, but it's so succinct, it's so simple that it is. Changed my life in the past few years. It has allowed me to go after things. It has allowed me to let go of regret. It has allowed me to stop making assumptions, to seek clarity, ask questions, express things, express what I want, go for what I want, to not live within any kind of world of drama and unnecessary uh, sadness and a complication. And, uh, you know, to just be immune to other people's projection of their reality and to say what I mean. You know, the four agreements are simple, simple concepts that we're going to go through in as much detail as we can, which I realize is not simple. Um, But uh, I'm going to try to give some examples as best as I can. We talk about uh, political judgments when it comes to making assumptions, doing our best when it comes to mental health and entrepreneurship, not taking anything personally when it comes to loss of personal relationships or um, what people want in their lives versus what we want in our lives, and saying what we mean, and actually living within the integrity of what we want. So, I'm speaking to a lot of millennials in that sense. Who use a lot of half-hearted language. So, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. I just, I just took a bite of a burrito, so I'm a little bit like burpy. So, I apologize for my. <laughs> um, but anyway. It's a good episode, it's a good conversation I kind of get a little fired up towards the end, it's pretty good So uh, stick around, because I'm going to hit the button We're going to play that theme song And then we're going to do the thing Let's go North, G- west, just G- south, G- west, south, right, right, I- right, 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 Hey, guys. So uh, real quick, before we get into the topic, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Um, I appreciate your loyalty and the fact that this has become a show that is gaining ground on the charts. And I want to be able to make this something that I could do for a living. So I'm trying to figure out a way to connect with affiliates and sponsors. And if you have a product or service that you'd like to connect with, connect with people who are uh, on a personal development journey, particularly creative people, and want to push your product Towards them. Uh, let's talk about it. Hit me up at dopaminepodcast at gmail.com or send me a voice message here on Anchor and let's get to talking. And now on to the topic. Listen to the 48 Hours Podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 hours wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome to the show. Um, Man, I just recorded like a half hour thing and I lost it. So that's real upsetting. (laughs) We're going to try again. Maybe we can be a little bit more succinct. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But today we're talking about the four agreements. Um, And what I love about the four agreements is that it is a really, really simple philosophy. There are four of them. (laughs) And, uh, these four agreements really simplify the personal experience of humanity of being a person and give you the best way to really live your best life and think about it in a way that is most beneficial to you. And I think about it this way because I always think about how much we accidentally sacrifice ourselves. Often is it is accidentally we we create this skewed logic of trying to help other people by sacrificing ourselves and tend to forget that we're the only people that we're going to spend the, our entire lives with. Uh, I'm hanging out in my apartment by myself and it's just me, so I'm spending the day with myself. Um, and it's certainly important to help people and do what you want in life, but it's certainly because it's something that you want to do anyway. But the four agreements is certainly about helping you to take a little bit more control of your life and realize how much control you actually have. And we tend to create our own sense of logic for working with other people or forgiving other people when we could simply flip the script and think of it in another direction. And I, I think that can be the problem is we don't realize a lot of this stuff is relative that we can look at it from a different perspective. Uh, And the four agreements really helps with that. So the four agreements is a book by uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, who is, he he talks about, um, this is sort of like Toltec wisdom. So if you're approaching this from a spiritual perspective, you can, you can gain some of that, but this, this information is objective of that. It, It does not require you to, understand any of the spiritual stuff that he speaks about in the book. And if you have a personal hurdle when it comes to spirituality, and maybe you're not a spiritual person at all, maybe you're an atheist, or maybe you're a devout Christian or have any other uh, other religion in your life, don't let that stop you. This isn't meant to be a replacement for your spiritualism or your religion or anything like that. These are simply for agreements that you have with yourself. It's not, it's not through God. It's not through anything else. It is you, it is you taking personal responsibility for who you are and being able to do that through these four agreements. So we're going to talk about that, um, in the, in this episode, I was originally going to do one, one of the agreements per episode, but really it's such a simple concept per agreement, that I want to keep it as simple as possible, but expand upon it with examples as much as I can. So um, the book itself is really only like three to four hour read. It's really, really short. And it's something that could, if you're open to new ideas, not really new ideas, but to very succinct ideas, it can change your perspective and really change your life in the matter of an afternoon. So you know, on a weekend, if you want to just take a few hours to read this thing, I highly suggest it. But let's just dive in and start to go through what the four agreements are. I'll kind of summarize real quick. The four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So let's let's kind of go in order here. And with each one, I have kind of a graphic pulled up that has some of the wording used in the book itself. So we'll kind of go through that and then I'll kind of talk about what that means a little bit more and break it down as best as I can. But for the most part, I think the idea here is to try to keep it simple. I think we tend to overcomplicate things when it comes to religion, when it comes to uh, our relationships, when it comes to what we want in life. We tend to overcomplicate things in terms of trying to misinterpret people or try to understand things that we think we don't know or don't know um, and don't seek clarity. So it's certainly important to try to keep this simple. Don't overthink it. And we'll we'll certainly try to do that in this episode. So let's start with the first one, which is the uh, the first of the four agreements, which is be impeccable with your word. And literally in the text, in the book, it speaks of speaking with integrity, say only what you mean, avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others, and use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And now when he's referring to your word, he's referring to both the manner of speaking, the way that you speak, but also your intentionality with your words, your promises, the things that you say, the things that you want to keep in life. You know, say only what you mean. If you are not willing to do something, don't say it. If you do not love someone, don't say it. If you do love someone, say it. If you feel something, if you have something, if you want something, say it. Speak with integrity, speak with clarity, speak with confidence, uh, and do so in as much of a positive light as you can. There's certainly no reason to speak against yourself, to to be self-deprecating, or to gossip about other people, because you can't change other people, so why be concerned with it? it's a pretty simple, logical path. Uh, but we get caught up in things. We get caught up in gossip. We get caught up in people's stuff. And, um, you know, we feel like it's our responsibility to help other people and it's certainly not that is on them. Um, so say what you mean, speak with integrity. This makes me think of uh, a certain section of millennials that often speak in half-hearted language. Will say things, and I'm I'm not exclusive to this. I'm not excluded from this. Rather, uh, using wording like kind of, sort of, maybe, uh, I guess, I'm not sure. You know, kind of like half in, half out, non-committal language, and that's something that my therapist actually caught me doing, and has helped me to be conscious of that and exercise that every time I. Use that kind of wording, I like a little alarm bell goes off in my head and I'm very aware of it. And it makes me think, okay, why did I say kinda in that moment? Is it something that I'm actually not committed to or is it something that I am just, you know, living, I'm trying to have the best of both worlds in this scenario or something? So think about when you start using words like kinda, sorta, maybe, I guess, I'm not sure. Um, Take an extra minute. Think about it. And speak with conviction. You know, speak with integrity. Speak with uh, certainty a little bit more in your life. And I think you'll find that you'll find a better sense of confidence by doing that. You'll tend to speak less of yourself uh, or less ill of yourself, I mean. If you are being intentional with your words, because usually we, we will tend to go into self-deprecating words and gossip about others when we're reacting. And if you take an extra second to think about it, think about why you're going to say those things, then you might reconsider your wording. And usually confidence speak is also associated with truth and positivity and love. So going in that direction of convict of conviction, saying what you mean and being clear about it is going to give you a better path, essentially. Um, so let's move on to number two, which is don't take anything personally, which is one of my favorites of, of the four. Um, and here's the literal text. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality and their own dream. When you are immune to the options and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Uh, a lot is important here and don't not taking things personally. Is a flipped in script, flip in the script of logic that we tend to associate naturally with people when they make judgments about us, when they make decisions that will create hardships for us, um, or they make life choices that are different from us uh, people who choose to, you know, if you live with someone and they're a little bit messier than you, that doesn't mean that they're trying to be messy to hurt you. They just are more comfortable with a messy environment. Um, they're not trying to get to, you know, they're not out to get you, <laughs> um, even in a more extreme circumstance, when you're going through a divorce, it is typically not about the other person seeing you as a bad person. There's something that they have to work through. They either have to make a change in their life. Like this scenario is not working. The uh, third entity of the relationship is just not gelling anymore. Uh, There is a different path they need to go on. And I think that's important. The word different, it is an alternative path. It is, it is a different direction. It is not a better direction. They are not, anything that they are going to do from then on is not better than you. It's not about you not being enough. It is about them having to do something different because their reality is changing. Reality changes, our brain chemistry changes, our life changes, what we want changes. And whether it's on a small scale or a big scale and nothing others do as a result of that is because of you. People are doing their own thing because they do their own thing. Even if you're with a partner, you're with them because you like them. You appreciate them. Maybe you get sex from them. Maybe you get positive feelings from them. But if any of those things stop, you're going to think about going in a different direction. And it's not because of them, but it's because of your natural needs. And if your needs are not being met, you're going to go in a different direction. If your partner's needs are not being met, they are going to go in a different direction. What is not because of you is because of their need for they're to fulfill their needs and fulfill their dreams. And those needs could change. Those dreams could change. You could try to adapt to their needs and changes, but if it doesn't work with what you want, then it's not going to work. So people end up naturally going in different directions as a result. Sometimes, you know, parents don't fully understand what their kids are going through. Um, Sometimes parents uh, will take Personally, when their kids will grow up and start to detach from them a little bit, you know, especially as teenagers, kids are going through a ton of hormones. They're uh, they're experiencing all sorts of new things in their life, and because of that, they are they are creating a little bit more distance. And sometimes the parents can take that personally, as if their kids are not being appreciative for all the things that they've done. And I'm sure they are, or they'll come back around, and we'll be more appreciative later in life. But the kids are just naturally following their hormones; they're following their path; they're following, following what is specifically a part of their reality and a part of their dreams and wants and needs. It has nothing to do with what the parent is doing, and sometimes that actually makes the relationship worse when the parent tries to interject what they want into the kid's reality. That's really where mo- a lot of conflict comes in the, into view, is when somebody tries to project their reality onto someone else's reality. Everyone is living their own separate individual experience. And when those paths converge in a positive way, that's when you get relationships. That's when That's when families work. That's when co-working spaces work. That's when you've got you know people who are working together on projects and things like that when people's paths are similar or same or the same enough to be moving in the same direction but they're not going to stay there forever people's wants and paths are going to change if somebody is working at a job and over the few years that they work there, things are going great, but then they meet someone new and their life trajectory changes. Now they're going to have a child and they need a different job because they need more money or they need more time or they need something else. And it isn't typically because the, the job is something that's unhealthy for them. They just need a new life path. Or even if the job is unhealthy for them, it is not necessarily the, um, the fault quote unquote of the employee for not being able to adjust to the needs of the employer. Maybe the employer has different needs of the employee and things just aren't matching up. Point is when you become immune to the options and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. And The options and actions of others are things that are going to be unique to them and their scenarios, just as you are for yours and and your scenarios. You don't want people impeding on your freedom. So why would you want to impede on other people's freedoms and become the victim of someone else's actions, right? So you kind of have to live and let live in that sense. And that's like another version of of don't take anything personally is like live and let live. If somebody is expressing something, listen and work through it and talk through it. If you have, even if you have a triggered reaction to it or an offense to it, think about what that means for you. They're not doing that to make you feel bad. They're doing that because they have their own things that they're working through. Uh, so that's really an important distinction to think about when working with people dynamics and such. You're you're trying to just, just focus on your own thing. You know, don't take things personally um, and there's really no need to. There's never a need to take anything personally. Uh, There are a culmination of situations and life paths that lead to this moment for everyone. And, um, you know, understanding all of that and and can help you employ a little bit of patience when someone is working through their own stuff. You have autonomy. You have the ability to remove yourselves from a situation, to grow from a situation, to do different things. You are not the victim of anyone else's needs. So number three. Uh, that I definitely took a lot more time on that one than I did in my previous recordings. (laughs) Uh, number three is don't make assumptions, find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. Just with one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Don't make assumptions is certainly one of the most powerful. And one of the things that we as a society tend to have issues with, uh, uh, and uh, as I make a general statement, but some, I'm not saying I know that for sure. Uh, But one of the things I do know is that many of us, are challenged with finding the courage to ask someone questions. We fall into habits of people pleasing, um, assuming what someone wants, assuming that someone will feel bad if we say something or ask for something that somebody's perception of us will change. If we ask for something or say something or express what we really want. Um, Most of the time, it's really not that bad. Honestly, most of the time you can ask for something and someone will either say no or yes. And if they say no, it's usually not that big of a deal. Uh, honestly, when it comes to, that's a problem that I have been, had been facing with mental health and expressing myself in that way. Um, because I, I was making the assumption that mental health was being perceived as a weakness and no one would hire me or no one would want to be around me for that reason. And simply by opening up and having conversations and, giving people an honest expression of who I am and what I go through has helped me connect with people a little bit better. Um, some other examples are like, sometimes Molly and I will go out and um, not to call her out, but you know, I do this sort of thing too. Um, you know, we would be going out somewhere. We're kind of looking at things, uh, little trinkets or something. And she really likes something and she might not have the money for it, um, but she knows I do. And she's just kind of uh, really excited about it. And she kind of gives me a look and like, I don't know what the look means. So I have to clarify. I'm like, do you want this? <laughs> um, but it would be easier if she just expresses what she really wants or asks me a question about it. Like, you know, I really love this. Would you mind getting this for me or something like that? You know? And I understand there's like the male female dynamic of like, I just want him to buy it for me. I just want him to know, but that's not a fair, that's not fair to assume that's a female dynamic either. You know, it's both genders do this. There's a lot of difficulty when it comes to asking questions and clarifying what you want, clarifying what you want creates deeper connection points. And it sort of, it mitigates all of this runaround that we end up doing to try to like figure out what someone wants and what someone needs. Like I find it incredibly frustrating when someone describes people pleasing to me, that is not something that's ever naturally resonated with me. I never understood the concept of people pleasing. Someone explains people pleasing to me and it sounds like they're making things more difficult to satisfy the assumption of someone's feelings. And it just makes things more complicated, makes things worse. It's like a CW show where the whole crux of the season is like, You why didn't you just tell me the truth? Why are you lying to me? Why do you keep hiding things? Why are you trying to protect people's feelings? Blah 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 blah. And it is not your job to protect someone else's emotions. It is their responsibility to to learn and adjust and grow based on the emotional responses that they receive. So it is, it is not your job to protect someone that that is, that is on them. If you have something you need to say, you need to ask questions, you need to clarify, you need to express it. You need to say it, you need to be real about it. It is up to them to adjust and create the communication for it because honestly, most of the time this stuff will bubble and find its own way into your reality. Anyway, So if you are too scared to say something about this, say, say you're starting to feel like you are not feeling like you want to be in a relationship anymore with someone, uh, and you are not expressing it, they will start to see the signs of it, they will start to make their own assumptions, they will start to see that you're not communicating as much. Um, And I, I think that's part of the failure of this is like, we assume that because we're not saying something that we're not giving off information. And usually we are, especially to partners who are pretty well in tune with, with empathy and uh, people who are spending a lot of time with you, they know your behaviors, they know who you are, they know what you do. So they're going to see when something's different. They're going to see when so- when you're not talking as much. They're going to see if you're spending more time in a certain place than you weren't before or talking on your phone more or doing something that that is deemed suspicious. But you're not expressing what it is that you actually want. You're not expressing that you're unhappy with the relationship. You're not expressing that you don't know what's going on. Or even as the person who has suspicions, you're not asking the person like, you know, what's really going on. And it's up the other person to express clarity. But if you're not properly, if both people are not communicating, if both parties, whether it's in a work relationship or a personal relationship are not effectively communicating to each other as clearly as they want, then misunderstanding, sadness and drama drama come into play and become kind of unnecessary. And, And again, you become the victim of someone else's, uh, uh, options and actions. And it is up to you to determine the best course of action, uh, based on what it is that you're, what information you're receiving. You know, even if you ask questions of your partner who seems suspicious and they're not being clear about it, that's information on its own. If they're not willing to be open and honest with you, then that's a problem on its own. So that's something you need to make decisions about. And um, continue to clarify and try to ask as many questions as you can. But if you're not getting clarity, if someone's not willing to work with you, then you need to make life adjustments. That is up to you to do. That is not going to be the responsibility of the other person to leave you. I think I think people also have this issue of of trying to set the other person up to leave them so that they don't have to make the decision themselves. And really all of these agreements are a matter of personal responsibility. And if you're not willing to take personal responsibility for your life, then things are just going to happen to you and you're going to prolong things for much longer than you need to. And that's when like judgment, self-abuse and regret start to come into play. And as we transition into the fourth agreement, that kind of becomes a piece of the puzzle. So the fourth one is always do your best. Fourth one, uh, your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and self-regret. So we can think about this twofold. We can think about present decisions and past decisions because there is that feeling of regret that we were talking about a little bit too. So if you think about it from moment to moment, people are often expressing this idea uh, within themselves that they need to be the best person that they can be. But we don't think about that line shifting, ebbing and flowing throughout our lives. We don't think about our best as being something that is relative. And that needs to change a bit. It will be different from when you are healthy as opposed to sick. And that is something we talk about on this podcast regularly. This is the point of the show is that you are a person who is a likely a creative person or an entrepreneur. You're trying to start your own business and you're going through all sorts of different challenges. And if you're dealing with your own mental health issues, or if you're trying to raise kids, or if you're dealing with all sorts of challenges, you have a loved one you need to take care of, or you have like a partner who has an addiction issue in the past and you're trying to help them through it you're going to have all sorts of challenges. And that means your best is going to ebb and flow. And it's not even exclusive to those circumstances. Your best is going to ebb and flow throughout your life. A good example of that is today. Today, I woke up, I had a lot of conviction with what I wanted to do today. I went to the gym. And once I left the gym, something clicked in my brain chemistry. Uh, Something just crossed wires wrong. And I just started to kind of go downhill a bit and I've had a headache most of the day and I haven't felt great and you know having a health, having a headache having um, any kind of health issues uh, fatigue uh, being being any kind of um, mentally exhausted being preoccupied being stressed um, or anything like that is going to affect the version of what your best is. Certainly always do the best that you can, but doing your best is another term that needs to be rewired. Your best doesn't mean the best you can ever possibly do. That means the best you can do right now. And it is okay to live within doing your best. That is something that Molly does, preaches to me really well uh, is, you know, you're doing the best that you can. And I think about this in relation to my most recent past, which is another angle that we can look at it from, is is looking at the past and looking at regret. You know, I, I went through a divorce. Uh, my son is an infant and I haven't met him yet. I haven't been able to. I don't have the money. I haven't had the time. And it's also a circumstance that I don't know that I actually want to physically go over there because there's like some complex PTSD assigned to everything. So I'm unpacking a lot of baggage. I'm dealing with a lot of things and I'm doing the best that I can. So continuing to acknowledge that I am doing the best that I can, or what I feel is the best that I can, given the circumstances, like I, I, What is the point of feeling bad about any of that? You know, if you are understanding that I am doing my, doing your best, you will avoid that self-judgment. You will avoid self-abuse and any semblance of regret. You know, I did, you think about it in your past too, like you did the best that you could in the given moment, you know, you made the decision that you had with the hand that you were dealt and that's all that you can do. Often you can't do much else. And we get frustrated because many of us are not millionaires. We're not people who are – entrepreneurship maybe is more difficult than it seems. We don't always feel creative on certain days. Uh, We don't always feel like getting out of bed on certain days. And we tend to beat ourselves up about that. But honestly, even if you can't get out of bed, uh, eventually getting out of bed and and, or moving or – uh, even waking up sometimes can be considered the best that you can do. And the fact is you're doing your best and feeling like you are doing your best. Like even if you are in an unhealthy state mentally or physically consider what is, okay, what is the best that I can do right now? If I can get out of bed and do something great, I'm going to do it. If I can't, that's fine. This is the best that I can do. It's the, is this the best that I could do? Or is that the best that I can do either way? It is a malleable, adjustable thing. And that's the most important thing to consider is that your best will ebb and flow and change. And and it's going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. So any under any circumstance, simply do your best. You will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and self-regret. And that's why I love these agreements so much because there's just so much truth packed into like just these four simple ideas: be impeccable with your word, speak your truth, say what you mean, speak positively, be uh, um, be be conscious of the words that you use when you're speaking of yourself and of others, and avoid any kind of gossip like there's an unnecessary use of your words essentially you know be real about what it is that you want you know don't take things personally other people's decisions are not your problem other people's options and actions are not going to be like these are things that you can sidestep you know if somebody if your partner comes to you and they decide to hit you you can leave you have the freedom to leave if someone starts abusing you mentally emotionally physically you can leave you can tell someone about it. You can take an action on it. You are not the victim. You are not the prisoner of anyone else's options and decisions. And anyone else's choice is a projection of their own reality and their own dreams. No one does anything because of you. They do things because they want to do them. Even if that thing is you, like physically doing you, it's a sex thing. So the, the, and then don't make assumptions, you know, Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstanding, sadness, and drama. With just one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Ask questions, clarify, express what you really want. Even if you're not getting something from the other person, again, go back to number two. Don't take things personally. If someone is not appreciating you, they're not happy in the relationship, they need to go somewhere else, they need to go do something else, then that's new information for you. That is information for you to take and deal with. And I understand that there are emotional components with this that make it difficult. But if you need to take stock emotionally, it's the same thing. I'm not saying it's an objective, cold thinking thing. I'm saying that if it is an If you ask someone a question and you get an emotional response, what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to you in terms of the uh, decision that you can make next with that information? And then always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you're healthy as opposed to sick. That includes mental health, physical health. Anything that you're dealing with, if you have friends or family you need to take care of, if you're dealing with a life change, if you're having a, a kid, if somebody's passed away, if you are going through major life changes, you had to move across the country, uh, you're not able to see your kid, you're not able to do certain things because of certain circumstances, understand that you are doing the best you can. You do not need approval from other people to simply acknowledge that you are doing the best you can. That is up to you. You will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and self-regret. And regret is one of the biggest things, you know? Uh, uh, And understand that in the moment, in the past, in your life, you were making the best decision that you you were. You know, people get upset about exes all the time. They're like, oh, they're such a jerk now. But at that moment, you were with them, you were attracted to them, you appreciated them, you had laughs with them, you loved them. Like, how are you going to continue to harbor resentment for something that you once appreciated? You know, you were doing the best that you could in that moment, and you are doing the best that you can now, regardless of what that looks like. So those are the four agreements. I think this is one of the best books I've ever read in my life. It has changed my personal perspective. It has allowed me to help to come up with a bunch of topics for this podcast to help a bunch of friends of mine to make social situations a little bit easier uh, and understand that somebody's perspective, you know, I don't take things personally. Like if somebody makes a, a a weird joke about something, like I know they're not talking about me. They've got stuff they've got to work through. They've got things that they're handling. So, It just allows me to have a little bit more patience, allows me to clarify, allows me to be a little bit more thoughtful with the way that I speak to people and allows me to not have a sense of regret by allowing me to to really tell myself that I'm doing the best I can uh, day in and day out. So uh, that's it. Go check out the book. Um, I hope you appreciated this episode. Uh, Leave a voice message. If you have any questions, hit me up at let's go C notes on all the social channels. Go to cnote.media to check out my courses. And, um, and that's it, uh, leave some love and, um, I'm going to have that donation button up soon on dopamine.life, but if you have not subscribed to the show, please do so on whatever platform you listen to this show on leave a review. That's absolutely helpful for me and, um, share this episode. You love it. So that'd be fantastic. Um, without, uh, um, yeah, that's it. So, um, just go do your thing. Realize that you're doing the best you can try not to make assumptions Uh, don't make assumptions. I shouldn't say try. Don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally and be impeccable with your word. So go, go practice the four agreements wherever it is that you want to practice things. So um, that's it. Take care of yourselves and each other. Love you guys. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine.